0: where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 171, The Story of the Two-Step Turkey. And I am your host and the guy who has a very high center of gravity. Yes, I have very poor balance. So that's pretty random, isn't it? Maybe, maybe not. What is not random is that we are 42 days, 11 hours, 8 minutes, and 48 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Yes, we are 6 weeks and 11 Hours away from me being in the woods with a shotgun, camo on, turkey call in mouth, and ready to go. So, you guys have been telling me in your surveys and the emails that I've been asking you to complete for me over the past few weeks that you want more stories. You want more turkey hunting stories. In fact, respondent number 14 to the survey, because I don't know the name or the email address of respondent number 14, but respondent number 14 recommended that instead of having guests on the show during turkey season, to just give highlights of my hunts during that week. You know, I thought that was a pretty interesting suggestion, something I would never thought of before, and I think that suggestion has legs and may get running. I think that Doing that combined with a gobbling report from various parts of the country might be pretty cool. And some of you guys have suggested that I do that in last year's survey. And most recently, Wills Willahan suggested I do that this year. So that may be something that I add in here as well. I guess if there's some good to come from being six weeks away from opening day of turkey season is that I've got time to mull those ideas over shape them, reshape them, and bring it to you guys in some fashion. Now, if you want to let me know your thoughts about those ideas, then shoot me an email, andy at iamturkeyhunting.com, and just say, hey, great idea, or hey, poor idea. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, so getting back to the topic of you guys wanting more stories. Yeah, I went down a little small rabbit hole, but not not too far off base there. Well, today, that is exactly what you're getting. So today, I have the story of the two-step turkey, and you'll find out why I call him that in just a little bit. First, let me lay the scene for you. This particular piece of hunting property has a dirt road that runs mostly north And south with a very large hill on the west side and a very large hill on the east side of the road as well. It's a great road in the respect that it's fairly wide. It's about 20 to 25 yards wide in most places. And where I access this property is at the south end of this road. And this is one of the main roads that runs through this piece of property. Now once or maybe twice a week during turkey season. The turkeys in this area will actually roost on either the hill on the east side of that road or the hill on the west side of that road. And when they do that, they'll typically fly down on the road those days. Not always because they are wild turkeys, but typically they'll fly down on that road. And the days when they're roosted on the sides of those two hills, those are the days when I have to generally walk about a mile and a half to get around those birds because there's no way to walk down that road without spooking the birds off the roost. And the reason that I have to walk that far to get around them is that every time I've caught those birds roosted there, either on that east hill or the west hill, they fly down on the road and they travel north on the road. Remember, I'm to the south. That's where I park and where I access that property. So if they're gobbling there on on either of those two hills, I've got to circle around to get to the north of them. And also remember last week, Tony Reynolds saying that It's much easier to call a turkey to where the turkey wants to go instead of where you want him to go. And I've had good success circling those birds when they've been roosted on those hillsides getting to the north of them because they want to go north anyway. And I don't have to try to force them to do something they don't want to do. Well, this particular day, I parked the truck on the southern property line, just like I do all the other times, at the southern end of the road that runs through that property, and I stood there and I listened, just like I do when I normally hunt that piece of property. While I stood there listening, I heard a couple of birds gobble a few times pretty far to the north of where I was, and not on the hillsides along this road where they might roost once a week. And because I did not hear a turkey on the side of the road on that hillside, I thought I was safe to walk down the road to the turkeys that I did hear gobbling. Seeing as how it's starting to crack daylight and I knew that those gobbling turkeys were not going to be on the roost for very long, I needed to make some tracks. So I slung Black Death. And for those of you who don't know who Black Death is, Black Death is my Browning 12-gauge shotgun. But I slung Black Death over my shoulder and... I started quickly walking north on the road towards those far-off gobbling birds. Now, that morning, I did something that I normally don't do. I walked down the middle of that 20 to 25-yard wide road. Normally, I don't do that because it is just always a bad idea to be that much out in the wide open when you're hunting anything, but especially when you're hunting something with the eyesight of a wild turkey when i'm hunting and walking down a road or a two-track i almost always try to walk to one side of the road so i can duck into the underbrush or the trees if a bird gobbles close by or i can freeze where i am if i catch a glimpse of some movement up ahead but i didn't do it that morning and i know you can probably guess what happened next so as i mentioned i was walking rather quickly towards those gobbling birds, I rounded a curve in the road, I walked about 15 yards past the curve, and a turkey gobble just about causes my heart to explode. I immediately slammed on the brakes mid-step, looked about 70 or 75 yards up the road ahead of me, and there stood a turkey, a long bearded turkey, on a tree limb about 75 feet above the roadbed that I was walking on. There was nothing between that turkey and me except for clear, cool, early spring air. I was stuck. Knowing that that bird saw me walking, I knew that any chance of a hunt on that bird was over. But I couldn't move. I could not bring myself to move. Something in the back of my mind told me not to move. That bird had not flown away yet. And there's a chance, albeit A snowball's chance that perhaps, maybe, possibly, the turkey had not yet seen me. He did gobble on the roost while I was walking down the middle of the road towards him at a point in that walk where he should have already seen me. So I'm telling myself, don't move, don't move, don't move, do not move. So there I was, literally, like time had just stopped. Mid-step, gun on my shoulder, hands out to my side in mid-swing, head net on, and gloves on my hands. Frozen and waiting. After all, what did I have to lose at that point? I knew exactly where a male turkey was. And looking back at that one fact alone, I was in better shape than probably 75 percent of anyone else who may have been turkey hunting that day so I had more to lose by just saying okay my hunt's over and continuing to walk down that road towards those gobbling birds than I did by just standing there so that's what I did I stood there trying not to lose my balance and fall or breathe or blink watching and waiting for the bird to do what scared turkeys do and it didn't happen. Instead, he rips off another gobble from the roost. I could not believe it. I felt like Jim Carrey's character in Dumb and Dumber, I think it's Lloyd Christmas was his name, saying, so you're saying there's a chance? Yeah! But I still had several issues that I was unaware of how I was going to overcome. As I mentioned when I opened the show, I have terrible balance. I am relatively athletic even still in my old age but i have terrible balance in fact it's kind of a running joke in my household <laughs> my wife and i will be standing next to each other and she'll just lightly bump me in the shoulder and <laughs> i'll have to move my i'll have to move my leg out to the side to keep myself from from toppling over <laughs> So, anyway, this is just adding to this story. So, again, I have terrible balance. And I have been in mid-stride, frozen in mid-stride, for what seems to be, to me, about four and a half days at this point. I need to be in a more comfortable and stable stance. It's not even a need. I have to be in a more comfortable and stable stance. Again, my shotgun slung over my shoulder, and I'm standing in the middle of a dirt road with nothing but daylight between me and that turkey. Oh yeah, and that's becoming a bigger issue by the second as well, because it's becoming more and more daylight with every single breath that I take. And now that I'm talking about it, I guess I have just really one big issue. I have to move. I have no choice. So first things first, I can't balance any longer. And like I said, despite being in decent physical shape, I'm straining muscles that I didn't know existed, holding my current position the way that it is. And I have an extremely unstable base to shoot from, even if by some strange chance I get the opportunity to shoot. So very slowly, over the course of the next two maybe three minutes with that turkey gobbling on the roost i shift my weight more to my front foot and i oh so slowly start to move my back foot forward towards my front foot when i get my back foot to a point where i thought i would be more stable i slowly shifted some of my weight to my back foot giving myself more balance more strength and a much more solid foundation Now that was done, but I did kind of feel fairly comfortable moving my legs and feet slowly because of the angle of that turkey in the tree. And my bigger concern was not moving my upper body while I was repositioning my feet. But it was done, I was more comfortable, I was happy, and now it's time to tackle issue number two. How in the world do I get my gun off of my shoulder with two hands on it and shoulder the butt of that gun in case that gobbling and now fidgety turkey decides to fly down in range of me. The reason he's fidgety is because it's getting to that time of morning for him. So I have an idea. It's a harebrained idea, but I have those every day. So I know that sometimes those harebrained ideas turn out to be successes. And my idea was this, that I would slowly 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 move my right hand to the small end of the buttstock to the grip of the buttstock basically where it meets the receiver and if I can get my right hand there without scaring that turkey then I can get a good grip on it and when the turkey starts to fly down his motion or movement would be enough to shield my movement When he starts to fly, everything in his world is moving, and if I move, how's he going to distinguish that I'm moving when everything else around him is moving as well? I thought I could possibly swing and sling the gun off my shoulder, pull the butt pad to my shoulder, move my left hand to the forearm of the shotgun, and in one second or less, be ready to shoot. Heck, I've watched enough episodes of The Rifleman to give this idiotic idea a whirl, (laughs) so... Again, I say, what do I have to lose? This turkey should not be in that tree gobbling at this point. This turkey should have flown off as soon as it saw me. What do I have to lose? So I start to slowly move my right hand towards the gun while watching the turkey gobble and turn from facing one direction to the other. He's getting ready to fly down. You know what I'm talking about. He's showing me that he's looking for hens and a landing strip. And daylight is telling me my time is running short. After what seems to be 15 minutes, but I'm sure was probably more like three or four minutes, I finally get my right hand to the grip of the buttstock of the gun and I get a strong hold on the gun. Now is time for me to wait for him to move and to pray that three things happen. Number one, that he flies down in my direction instead of the opposite direction. Number two, that... My harebrained idea of drawing my shotgun when the bird takes flight won't scare the bird and cause the bird to veer off into the woods while he's flying down. And number three, that he lights within shooting distance from me. After what seems to be about 10 more minutes, and I'm sure was probably one more minute, I see that little rock forward that a turkey gets before it goes to fly down from its roost. You know that last little, I think I can. And off the roost he goes. As soon as his feet leave the tree branch, my body starts moving and my brain says, he's coming our way. And at the same time, the gun comes off my shoulder using my right hand. The barrel swings back and down towards the ground as the buttstock swings forward and up to my shoulder. Then the buttstock plants on my shoulder about the same time my left hand comes to the forearm of the gun, and I'm shouldered and ready to shoot. Now let's get the cheek on the gun and get the line of sight down the barrel at the same time that I'm trying to get the barrel pointed to where I think that turkey's gonna hit the ground. That's done, now the safety's off, and I just need him to hit the ground, aim at a point, put the finger on the trigger, and touch off the shot. That turkey hit the ground not far from where the gun was pointed. I made the minor adjustment, got on him. He got his feet underneath him, and he immediately realized that he'd made a mistake. I don't know if he realized that he likely finished his last fly down, but I knew it. He took a quick step towards me, and a quick step to his left, and I made our ears ring. That turkey landed in the middle of the road that I was standing in the middle of about 20, maybe 22 steps from me. At the time, I was probably like most of you guys are right now, in total amazement at what had just happened over the past 15 to 20 minutes. I walked over the turkey, admired him, thank God for giving me just another day to enjoy everything that he put here for us. I took a turkey selfie and then carried the turkey back to the truck for a ride home. As I made that short walk back to the truck, I chuckled to myself that I was going to have to make up a lie to tell to my turkey hunting buddies about how that hunt happened because there's no way they were going to believe the truth. I was going to have to tell them that I slipped in about 75 yards from the turkey on the roost, sitting down against a tree, waiting patiently for him to fly down. And then calling him about 50 to 60 yards into range and shooting him out at 30 steps. That's the only story that is even going to remotely be believable. We've heard it a hundred times because it's happened a hundred times. No one is going to believe the truth about how this hunt happened because I don't even believe how this hunt just happened. Now, some turkey hunting purists out there may be saying to themselves, not only do I not believe that story, but I never would tell it. Andy never sat down. He never called. All he did was bushwhack that turkey. Yup, I sure did. I've done it before and I'll do it again. God only knows how many turkeys I've had dead to rights that got away somehow. Maybe it was a coyote that I never saw that intercepted And spooked the turkey before I could see it. Or before the turkey could get in range. Maybe it was a hen doing the same thing. Maybe I missed a shot on a turkey. And you guys know I will miss a shot. Whatever the reason is. Something happened that kept me from filling a tag on a bird that I should have filled a tag on. But not this time. This time the turkey gods smiled and said... Here's a layup for you. It was a strenuous, stressful layup for a few minutes, but I was given the opportunity for a layup and I took advantage of it. And most importantly, that turkey ate just as well as the ones that I've called in and had a quote unquote proper hunt on. And that turkey remains to this day one of the most memorable turkey hunts or any kind of hunts and one of the best trophies that I have ever had the privilege of taking. So here are my takeaways from this hunt. What? There are takeaways? Oh yeah, there are takeaways from a hunt like this. Very important takeaways. First. Okay, so that is all of the free portion of today's episode of the turkey hunter podcast in a minute i'm going to tell you how you can subscribe to the premium content of the show so that you can hear the rest of the story i hope that you guys enjoyed that story that hunt definitely ranks up there in my top two or three most unbelievable and most unforgettable turkey hunts in fact that turkey ranks right up there with some of my best trophies. The hunt makes the trophy. And the way that hunt went down made that turkey one of the best trophies that I've ever taken. All right, before I tell you how to become a subscriber of the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast, I want to ask you guys for a favor. If you enjoyed today's turkey hunting story, then do me this favor that'll take just a few seconds. Your podcast player application has a share feature. So if you'll open up your podcast player application on your device, bring up the screen where this episode is showing, and click the share button on your podcast player, and text the link to this week's show to two turkey hunting buddies for me. Doing that helps to keep the show going and growing. And I'm very appreciative of all that you guys do to spread the word about the show. All right, I told you I'd tell you how to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And here's how you get the process started. Text the word Turkey Hunter. Make it one word, no spaces, to the number 44222. Once you text the word Turkey Hunter to 44222, I will reply back with a text that says to reply only with your email address. When you enter only your email address in the reply text back to me, I will then email you a link that you can click to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Subscribing costs $12 a year. And by becoming a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast, Your subscription will get you the premium content for this week's show, the premium content for all the past episodes, and the premium content for the next 52 weeks as well. So, do not delay. Become a premium content subscriber. We're going to have more awesome stories, more awesome guests coming up. If you think that you're fired up about turkey season now, listen to a few more episodes. I'll get you real fired up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show,